This is the Rotoscopers Podcast, Episode 5, Toy Story, Buzz Syndrome. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com backslash the Rotoscopers, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 100,000 downloadable titles to choose from across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For the listeners of the Rotoscopers podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to try out their service. A few audiobooks you might want to consider are Mary Norton's The Borrowers, which is what the film The Secret World of Arietti is based off of, and also Dr. Seuss's The Lorac. If you like animation and you want to find out more about the story behind the film, you should go and check these out. When you do, make sure to sign up using the code THEROTOSCOPERS. So, for a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com backslash therotoscopers for your free audiobook. And we really appreciate anyone who helps support the podcast in this way. Welcome to the Rotoscopers Podcast, a podcast for animation addicts, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Chelsea Robson, along with Morgan Burt, a Buzz Lightyear, no way, and Mason Smith. Reach for the skies. Okay, so how is everybody today? I'm fantastic. Never better. Okay, I just have to let everybody know. We have a cricket issue, so if you hear random chirping, it's because we have a visitor and we can't get rid of him. So we're just going to go forward, so if you hear chirping in the background, I'm so sorry. I really am. We but try not to be that boring, but, you know, we try. So what, what we're trying to do is, like, when Chelsea's talking, I go over and stand by the cricket so it'll be quiet, and then when it's my turn to cut to talk again, I rush back, and then I start talking, oh, and then in the middle of my talking, the cricket will go again, and so I run back over. It's a horrible, horrible situation, so we've just decided, whatever, you can chirp away. So that's how our night has been. Oh, man. It's great. Uh, well, I did homework last week. <laughs> no, actually, I've, I've actually watched a lot of animated films since the last time I recorded. Let's see. Oh, on YouTube, I watched Watership Down. Have y'all heard of that? I have not heard of that, no. It's one of, it's, it's a British animated film. It's from, the, it's from 1978. It's based on a book series, and it's about these rabbits that leave their burrow to go find kind of like their dream burrow. And the point of the movie is that it's really dark. Like, bunnies get killed and, like, tor- torn apart by, like, predators and other bunnies, and um, it's really intense. And I watched it on YouTube, and so I would, I would recommend checking out that movie. I also saw Kung Fu Panda for the first... Kung Fu Panda 2 for the first time. I saw Rango again, and then I saw The Adventures of Tintin in, in theaters, and that was good. I, those were all three really good movies. I liked Kung Fu Panda. The character design was pretty cool. The lighting was cool. But, uh, yeah, those are just some of the movies I've seen that I just wanted to report on, I guess. Nice! Yeah, I haven't seen Kung Fu Panda 2 yet. And, yeah, there's a lot of movies that I still need to see. Oh, okay, Chelsea, what did we do last week? Um, We had the best week. My dreams came true. You don't understand. And it wasn't Disney-related. No, it wasn't was Disney. Oh, not at all. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter because this was even better. <laughs> we had the fantastic opportunity to head on over to a neighboring city, and visit our good friend Don Bluth, woohoo, in his house, and watch a nice 
fun theater moment. Oh, it was fantastic. Yep. So, I think we mentioned in the past episode, Don Bluth has a production company, a theater that he runs out of his home, and there is a full schedule and lineup of plays that he does, and he is the director-producer. He Apparently, he's been doing this for seven years. And so we got to go, and in the process, got to meet Don Bluth. Oh my gosh. So exciting. It was amazing. As we drove in, we parked in the driveway, and then we're walking up the walk, and his door is like popped open a little bit and then the very first thing we see a man red shirt off in the corner and i'm thinking oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh it's him it's him it's him be cool yeah because don bluth wears like in all his pictures or a lot of them he's wearing red like that's his color and so i saw the red and i was like oh my gosh it's don bluth he's right there he's handing me my program hi Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I am now the coolest kid in America. Yeah, it's really cool. It's in his house, and so his living room is converted to a stage. So he has this really big living room, and there's probably about 50 chairs. There's two rows on three sides of the house. And then on the fourth side, there's a big black backdrop, a stage, all the stage lights. So it was really exciting, and he had artwork all over the walls. That was my favorite part. And I was just sitting there staring, like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Random picture, random sketch drawing from Secret of Nim. <gasps> awesome! <laughs> We saw the play Bullets Over Broadway, which was actually a Woody Allen film that they kind of converted. It was unique. They did a great job, too. Yeah, it was exciting. Okay, so we got to meet him, and it was really exciting. Chelsea had a a mutual friend who's in the play and then who knew us, so he introduced us to him afterwards, and it was just really funny because we didn't want to be like like we are now, like totally geeking out, and we're like... Of course, we said the, oh, we're really big fans, and we have an animation podcast, we know all about you, which I, <laughs> I don't know if it was the best. <laughs> he was very gracious, he was just like, whoa, what a compliment, thank you. Yes, yeah. he did say that. So, we announced it to some friends, and they looked at us like, uh, okay, great, Aww. Aww. understand. And, of course, we had to be like, the guy who directed All Dogs Go to Heaven, Land Before Time, Anastasia, and everyone. Oh, oh, okay, oh, that okay, is okay, cool. That is cool. Oh, okay, cool. It was an amazing experience. I'm going to write up a review and put it on the website so you can read it there. And if you were in Arizona, you have to go. It's really cheap. It's only, like, 20 bucks. Definitely very reasonable. And the acting was really good. Quite good. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. So, if you would like to research more about this play or this theater, go to... Don Bluth, frontrowtheater.com. It's a very long website, but it's pretty freaking cool. Okay, so we're going to keep the news really short for two reasons. One, there wasn't that much going on. And two, we really want to focus on our main discussion and have it focus around that. So the first bit of news is the Lorax, which we've been talking and talking and talking about, had a huge opening weekend. So it opened at $70.7 million. I think it was just because we were talking about it. It was us. Ah, they, we need a kickback on that, actually. <laughs> so it was actually the biggest opening for any movie in 2012, which is shocking, I think, that of all the movies so far that an animated one... Well, I guess not so shocking. Animation's awesome. Yeah. And it's also March. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, it's a March film. Why I don't see March as a big month, but it's becoming a bigger month. Like, we see Hunger Games, which is not a summer opening, but it's actually a March. So, I think March is kind of becoming a cooler time to go to the movies. Spring break. Yeah, yeah. So, great job on that. 
So the next little bit, there was a Japanese movie trailer of Brave and movie poster released. So go to our website, therotoscopers.com, click on the news tab, and you can watch that. It actually reveals quite a bit more than the American trailer. It's a bit darker, so it's really oh, awesome. Yeah, have you seen it? No, I'm kind of on the fence about it because I don't want to be spoiled, you know? It's not really spoiler. Like, some oh, okay. people say it's spoiler, but it's it's not at all. I think all of us kind of are a lot more familiar with the plot than most people. So it's it's not really spoiler to me. All right. I didn't see anything and be like, oh, dang it. You already they, spoiled yourself. They gave it away. <laughs> so go see that. Um, also, one little like bit of brave news is Disney Pixar, they actually partnered with Visit Scotland to promote the Brave film. So they partnered with the travel industry to help promote our tourism in Scotland because that's the, the stage of the film. So I think that's kind of interesting. I don't think that's ever been done before. Especially an animated film where it's, like, not really the actual place. It's not like Lord of the Rings where they actually film the films there and you can visit, like, Hobbiton and the sets. But, I don't know, I think it's really cool. Last bit of news, Robert Sherman, the Disney songwriting legend, has died. Yes, he passed away this last week. Peacefully, they said. And I, I was really sad. And for sure, all of our hearts and prayers are go out to the Sherman family and... We love the Sherman Brothers so much, and we're so grateful for everything that they've done. For our animation principle today, we decided to kind of scale it back and to go a bit more low-key. So we're not really doing a principle or a lesson. I call it the nerdy couch hour. Just a bunch of friends on the couch sitting there talking about nerdy stuff. That's what we did before we had a podcast, and so we kind of want to keep that chill vibe. The question I pose today, since I have a marketing background, I think about these things all the time. Recently, there's been a trend in animation and kind of in in film in general of changing the name. So a movie will start out with a name and it's kind of long and and complicated and very artsy. And then a few months before the film comes out, anywhere from a few months to a year, they change the name. You know, marketing changes the name for some reason and it sticks. So, for example, the big one that I think of is Tangled. Originally, it was called Rapunzel. It was Rapunzel, Rapunzel, Rapunzel for years, and then they last minute changed it to Tangled, so that way it would appeal to a broader audience, not so female-centric. In other news, Disney has this other movie coming out in development. It's an animated film called Queen, and that's a Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale. And again, they've changed the name to Frozen. And then the other recent one is Pixar's Brave. used to be called The Bear and the Bow. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? To me, it makes sense. You simplify your movie's names, and it kind of makes it... For one, I imagine it's easier to market, because you can slap it onto a package or, like, on a merchant, you know, on merchandise, and it doesn't take up as much space, you know? Mm-hmm. Shorter names are easier to remember for audiences. You know, they don't feel lame walking up to a ticket booth and being like, we want to see Up, or we want to see Toy Story, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I did some research. I looked on online for, like, all the other animated films. You all remember the Owls of Gahul movie? Yeah. It was, it's really good animation. It's actually Zack Schneider, the guy who did 300. Okay. And The Watchmen. So it's like, owl drama, owl drama, whew, slow motion fighting. <laughs> owl drama, owl drama, whew, slow motion flying. Whew, you know? And so that's kind of like this. I thought it was good. But case in point, the full title of the movie is called Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Or Gahule, if you don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> 
um, so that's that's twelve whole syllables, and uh-huh. I can't think of an animated feature film that has a longer, like, more kind of <laughs> awkward sounding name. It was a good film; I liked it. But I mean, do you think they could have done better? Like, it would have done better if they had simplified the name and just changed it to like Beaks this summer. Beaks, no! like an owl. Beak. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> or like or owls. Or owls, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Is it based on anything? Is it it's based, based on, on a book, book called Legend yeah. of the Guardians? No, it's based on a book series called Guardians of Gahul. So they oh. they didn't even need to make the name that like they didn't have to make a short <laughs> a short explanation synopsis out of the title, you know. They could have just stuck with Guardians of Gahul. Yeah, yeah. Or just they could have done Owls of Gahul, you know. Yeah, exactly. For a long time the the pattern was a three-word thing. It was always like the something something. They always had for example the last unicorn. You know, you have just a lot of different words. The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. Yeah, the Beauty and the Beast. The They're, Black Cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> the Black Cauldron. <laughs> but forever, that was the titles. They always had the three words. Now, I guess with the microwave generation that we are, it's like ah, uh, we want shorter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, just one word. Just just cut to that. And during my internet search on animated films with long names, uh, the longest Pixar movie name is Monsters Incorporated, if you drag it out and you don't say Monsters Inc. So it's Monsters Incorporated, but still, like, you know, how many is that? Monsters Incorporated. That's only seven syllables. Yeah. yeah. So does the syllables make the movie? <laughs> or is or it does about the movie make your the movie? syllables? <laughs> Your movie accessible. If it's a you know? crappy movie, then you gotta have more syllables. And if it's a good movie, you're, you can settle on one. Yeah. But Owls of Gahul, it wasn't a crappy movie, but maybe people were just like, oh, this is such an awkward movie title, then that I'm just not gonna worry about it, you know? Or I don't know, maybe, or is this I don't know how about- anyone, like any story department or, or marketing department, could settle on that. Yeah, I like that. It has a good ring to it. The Legend <laughs> of the Guardians, The, the Owls. Owls of Gahul. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine any little kid saying that. They just want to say, I want to see the owl movie. Gahul, sir. It's Gahul. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Gahul. Probably probably a little exchange that went on for their marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or is this all about making your movie more accessible to, like, a broader range of viewers? That's, that's, I think, really what it goes down to. Those three that I mentioned is Tangled, Frozen, and Brave. I mean, their names before were kind of more princessy, girl-centric. I mean, queen, okay, you think of princess, you think of queen, you think of a woman. Rapunzel, she's a princess. The bear and the bow, that doesn't really have any sort of connotation either way, but it's still kind of... It sounds like a folk tale or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. And I think this actually came after The Princess and the Frog. It was kind of seen as too girly and, Uh, you know, and so I think since then they've sort of been, because these are all Disney's doing, all three of these films, so I think it's kind of been seen as something that's, we don't want our movies to fail. We put a lot of money into this. So we blame it on the name. So if we can just tweak the name, people will go see it. Yeah. And that's what happened with Tangled. They they changed the name, and then all the first few trailers were all Flynn Rider. Really? Yeah. Hmm, I didn't notice that. So. Oh, that is true. The only problem with Tangled, this is my big problem with it, is that little kids refer to Rapunzel as Tangled. Yeah. At least my niece Uh-oh. and a few other kids I know, they're like, oh, give me that, I want Tangled, give me Tangled. And they're referring to like the actual Rapunzel Barbie doll. I'm like, no, 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 her name is Rapunzel. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Alright folks, I think this episode's discussion is a little long overdue. 
we are an animation podcast, and we haven't done a Pixar film yet. And But here we are at episode... What are we at? Episode five? Episode five. five. It's okay. Yeah. We got it in within the first five episodes, so I think that's okay. Exactly. Well, I always talk about George Lucas. You know how Empire Strikes <laughs> was the best Star Wars film? <laughs> episode five. Our episode five is Toy Story today, and it's going to be awesome, folks. And so, folks, we're not gonna we're not gonna waste any more time. We're gonna dive right into our main discussion on Disney Pixar's Toy Story. Sergeant, yes, sir. Establish your recon post downstairs. Code Red, repeat. We are at Code Red. Recon plan, Charlie. Execute. Move, 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 move. It's a. It's a big one. Walt Disney Pictures presents a totally new animated motion picture event. Star Command, come in. Do you read me? The story of two toys. Oh, there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Booyah! Headed for a showdown. My name is Woody. This is my spot. No! I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. You are a child's plaything. You are a sad, strange little man. And playing by their own rules. Draw. Fuck me again. I don't like confrontations. Buzz, look at alien. Where? Ah! You're mocking me, aren't you? <laughs> oh, impressive wingspan. Very good. <laughs> oh, what? What? You can't fly. Yes, I can. Can't. Can. Can't. 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 This holiday season, the adventure takes off when toys come to life. To infinity and beyond. Toy Story. Look out! Woohoo! Y'all sound like those bunny greeting cards you like open and it's like, it's your birthday! <laughs> Toy Story arrived in theaters in the year 1995. I was seven years old when this movie came out. I was nine. Uh, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, I, I loved this movie when it came out. Seriously, I freaking love Toy Story. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't stress enough how much I'm in love with this movie and it's like so how awesome. big a part it was for my childhood. I, okay, when I was a kid, like I have a huge imagination, and I played with toys a lot when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I saw this movie more times in theaters when I was seven than I saw The Dark Knight when I was like 20. Really? <laughs> you... uh, I'm pretty sure I drug my mom to the theaters to like see it like a bunch wow. of times. And here's my here's my reason because after a while I was able to quote the entire movie <laughs> from start to finish. I actually remember sitting down during a family vacation and me and my cousin quoted the entire movie. Whoa. I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> was that okay? You could quote the whole movie pre its release on VHS or after. That's, that's the thing I can't remember. Honestly, can't remember. That's okay. The fact you can quote it is amazing. Yeah, I I personally believe that. Every single line in this movie is quotable. It really is. Like, and, fantastic. And I love to quote quotes in everyday situations. Disney quotes and animation quotes are applicable to everything. So this one comes up a lot. They've got a lot of one-liners in here. <laughs> yeah, ser- seriously, folks, uh, strap yourselves in, because you're going to hear a lot of quotes in this discussion. <laughs> I found my moving buddy. I'm just a couple of blocks away. <laughs> Seriously, man. Punny, punny. 
I know I didn't get that until like later later years. I was like, what? <laughs> nice. So yeah, so I remember this being a huge thing. Me and my best friend, who you know, we would go to each other's houses and just like play with Legos or play with like action figures all day. We we still quote this movie. <laughs> nice. It's <laughs> a great one. Are you serious? And I didn't when I was a kid. I didn't even get the whole significance of the film. Like I didn't understand the whole concept of it being three D animated, and it was the first full length, you know, computer animated feature film. I mean, they had stuff that was all computer animated beforehand. Like, do you remember the reboot cartoon series? Mm, I don't know. We used to watch. No. Used to watch it on Saturday morning. My dad's listening to this podcast. He'll be like, "Yes, I remember," because me and Dad used to watch it all the time. You and your dad share a lot of experiences revolving around animation. Hey, seriously, I, I yeah. Yay, well, was, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, dad. Well, okay. Here's the deal. I actually owe my dad a lot with this because he, when he, t- when he learned about when we were starting to go to get interested in, in BYU and stuff, and my sister started going there, he was the one who would always mention BYU animation to me and be like, hey, son, you really ought to get into BYU and, and get into that animation program. And uh, I'd be like, no, I don't know, no. About a year and a half ago, I was home and, and applying to BYU. I was like, I don't, I don't really know if I want to be a visual arts major. I looked at the course load for BYU animation's program, and it was like storyboarding, and it was like visual effects, and character design, and history of animation, all the stuff that I've, I've always liked to do as a kid. And so I just had, had an epiphany. I was in my living room, I turned around the computer, and I was like, you know what, Dad? I think I'm going to apply to BYU Animation. And he looks at me. He's like, oh, really, son? You know, I've heard they got a great program. And I've been saying this to you for like five years. <laughs> like, Finally sunk in. Finally <laughs> sunk in. And so I, I uh, changed my major to pre-animation, and it just felt right. And and here I am. I'm going to apply in June if I get in. Once again. And you will get in. Yay, Dad. <laughs> And so I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get the whole significance of Toy Story. And no, yeah. So going along with how you said you didn't notice kind of the things with animation. Same thing with me. You know, this movie was released in 1995. It's now 2012. So it's been 17 years since this movie came out. That's so long. I know. Why did you know. say that? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> it, it never happened. Oh my gosh. But so this was the first full-length feature animated film, like Mason said. And so, obviously, things have improved and gotten better since then. I hadn't watched Toy Story for a few years, but when I watched Toy Story 3, I didn't look at it and think, wow, this is so much better than the original. Like, it was just kind of slight modifications Mm -hmm. and improvements that have evolved over the years that I didn't notice it. But then going back and watching the original, and it is really bare bones on, Mm -hmm. on what it is. I was particularly watching, like, clothes and background pieces, and, like, they are simple. Mm -hmm. There's not much to them. There's not many wrinkles. Uh, We talked about this in one episode before. That's why they picked this movie. They picked plastic things that weren't complicated. And then a few people... Which the people, they're good, they're not amazing. They're good enough. Yeah, they're good enough. And that's the whole thing about this movie is that it's not about the animation, it's about the story. The animation still, even though it's very old and kind of simple, it doesn't take away from it at all. I'm not distracted. So and, that, that's, and that's the biggest point with this film and about Pixar. Like, it's, you know, it's all story and character driven. And you're right. If you don't go back and watch it with, like, a critical eye, you probably won't mind the, you know, how 
I guess you could say, not as advanced the technology was back then. I mean, there are differences, big differences. Like, look at Scud the dog in this film, and then look at the Dachshund dog in the second and, and third films. Yeah, that's one of like, the so mostly, different. That's one of the biggest things that I noticed. I was like, oh my gosh, he's just that, there's no hair on that dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a Chinese crested, you know, that yeah. dog from a. They have like no hair except for a little poof on yeah. like their ears and their tail. But he like even like as he walks, it's so boxy, you know. It's like, is that a different breed? <laughs> yeah, and I think unless you're like specifically looking for that stuff, I don't think viewers really mind no, because no. sorry, it's still this super magical film. I think that thinks that's the same for all Pixar films. Like Toy Story, they're definite huge improvements, but we focus as viewers, we focus on different things because that's what makes these movies so great. I agree. As I was getting ready to watch it again, I couldn't find our DVD. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back. I've got the VHS. Just pull it out. Pull that dinosaur out. <laughs> Let's find it. As Old was... trusty here. <laughs> yeah. <And> as... <laughs> Old reliable Toy Story VHS. Hey, it's sure got some mileage. To... It does. Wow. Sure I've had to clean the headers on the VHS a couple times. <laughs> Yeah, no, I put it in the machine, and I started rewinding it, because it was, like, somewhere in the middle. The fact that I had to rewind it was like, oh, wow, it takes me back. (laughs) (laughs) But the machine started making this really crazy noise. I'm thinking, (laughs) it's going to (laughs) explode! And that was just a way of life back then. I know, like, it was like, oh, that's normal. (laughs) I think if there's anybody listening to this podcast that's under the age of 15, they're not going to know anything of what we're saying. What the freak is a VHS? What's rewind? No, right? First world problems. <laughs> no, 90s. Oh, yeah. Problems. 90s first world problems. 90s. Oh, man. But my favorite part today was watching it is beforehand it had all the previews. And I was, it was like going back in time to 1997, because <laughs> I could just see all of these old previews that were going past. You know, at first it was like 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close, and then also they had an in-development uh, preview of Hercules. Yeah. Those yeah, were yeah. my favorite of all the yeah. previews Disney did when they show, like, the black and white sketches and, uh-huh. like... Yeah, they show, like, the pencil test yes! and the storyboards and stuff. Oh, they! I remember there was like a Beauty and the Beast one, Aladdin. It was because back then it's, they didn't have scenes completed. Yeah. They had to get a trailer out, but there weren't very many scenes that were done. And so they would just say, "Hey, just throw in these sketches." I, one that really stands out to me is in the Mulan, like one of the previews for Mulan. I just remember it was black and white. And he's like, "The greatest gift and honor is having you for oh, a daughter." And Mulan, what? she has like these like triangles on her cheeks. Yeah, because that's they would take those off, and that's where they'd put like the blush. And I like any time I see that scene, I just think <laughs> triangle cheeks, so cute. Triangle cheeks. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the yeah the Hercules in development preview had like a pencil test for like when he punches that centaur guy, and uh-huh. he flies away, and his horseshoes fall after yes. him. Yes, and there's a, and, then and, he then, falls, and he gets back up, and he like gasps for air, and the horseshoe hits him again. Yep. And Is before that, that, when he punches him, or when he lands in the water, you see the actual words written, splash. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my favorite, not my favorite, but a good one. He's, honey, we've shrunk ourselves. <laughs> the one quote where he's like, we need to get ourselves a different fabric softener. <laughs> the only reason I know that That's, quote is because Yeah, I was about that. to say the same quote. Because <laughs> of that one preview, I know that one. <laughs> 
Then it also had an old Disneyland commercials. It's like the remember the magic, and it was like these little. It was the 25th anniversary of Disney World, and everyone's just you know they're just trying to bump up sales. Go go see the parks. <laughs> but it was like wow, that's cool. And then they had a PC computer game oh, man. of Toy Story. And then um, they also had Mighty Ducks TV show. It was great. I, it felt really appropriate that I'd bring out the old VHS for this dusting off our childhood memories of this movie. <laughs> well, that was a lovely 90s tangent. <laughs> reminiscing down memory lane. I love it. <laughs> so, I have a game for both of you to play. Oh. Okay? What? Okay. So... In this movie, they had a lot of very... Hey, I, I, I haven't signed up for this. Like, no. I, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. You are recruited. Out. You're thrown Enlisted. Uh, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. Perfect. Very so, well. here's the game. Challenge accepted. Here's the game to see who who can do it. First, it'll go you and you, Chelsea, and Mason. And then the winner will go against me. So, there's lots of... Whoa. <laughs> well, if... Let's, well, whatever. Okay. So, there's she lots of... She thinks very Gary. highly of herself now. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know, I don't know. This is like, I feel like I'm in Mortal Kombat. It's like, there will be this grand tournament. The winner will fight me. Actually, <laughs> Okay, so in this movie, there are lots of toys, both real and fake, right? So we're going to talk about kind of like why that was. We're going to do kind of a toy duel. Okay. So we're going to, you're going to name characters in this film that are toys. So we're going to start with Chelsea. She's going to name one. And then Mason's going to name a different one. Now go back to Chelsea, and we're going to keep going until someone cannot name a character in the film. So it can't be a human, it has to be a toy. Okay. Okay? So Chelsea, go. Combat Carl. Mr. Potato Head. Uh, Woody. Buzz Lightyear. Bo Peep. Rex. Um, the Squeaky Toys. Slinky Dog. Troll. Who? Troll. Troll Doll. Oh, Troll Doll. Troll is also an acceptable answer for the correct name. (laughs) Troll Doll. (laughs) All right, thank you. Thank you, Game Master. You already said Combat Carl. Um, what's his name? Flex, that big buff dude? Yep. Okay. Etch-a-sketch. RC. Feral of Monkeys. Nice. Roller Bob. He was one of the, the misfit toys. <laughs> Excellent. Does the big one count? <laughs> the big one? He's the... the well, I mean, it's not That's the firework. Yeah, it's the firework. <laughs> well, I mean, for Sid, it's a toy, so I'd say it's a okay, toy. It's his toys. Accepted. Let's see. Oh, Ducky. That was the bouncy duck in Sid's room. I'm in Sid's room right now. That's where my mind is. <laughs> okay. I have a time limit, like 10 seconds. Is there a time limit? Oh, crap. We've got the block. Blocks, okay. Blocks. The Those building blocks, okay. Yeah, building blocks. Um, there's Lenny. He's the binoculars guy. Yes, he is. Oh, yes. Are you applying the time limit, Morgan? Good uh, lucky about this. I know, right? Um, five, four, three, two. Finish him. Oh! Uh, okay, so I'll take off where she went off. Legs. Um, we, we're getting close. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, you just said legs, didn't you? Babyface. Official name of that, like, con- what is it? He's like a connect connector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is kind of a joke one, but Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> hey, I don't know about that. Okay, okay, okay Sally going. doll. Sally. Hey, you took it from me. <laughs> Sarge. Sarge. I, I got it. Um, Sarge. Oh, gosh. Hmm. Mr. Spell. Oh, I was about to say that. No, You're welcome. No, he was in the second. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lousy try, Brian. 
Draw that man in a chicken suit. Okay, um, shoot. Ooh, I'm going to go to toys. Oh, I have to name them or I have to identify them? Name them. Shoot. I promise I'm not going on IMDb Don't for this. Call it a, dr- a draw. No, I'm like it's like in Pokemon. There are no draws. Although I think I'm going to lose, so I might declare as a draw. <laughs> oh shoot, Morgan. Um. No, you know the beeping noise really makes everything worse. <laughs> That's your countdown. Emperor Zerg is alluded to, but it doesn't appear in the film. Okay, and I say Mrs. Potato Head. She's she was also alluded to. Also alluded to. She was and just in a different room. And Mrs. In, oh, I got a shade. <laughs> um, let's see. The shark guy. Hi, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, oh. howdy. howdy. <laughs> Does he have a name, though? Uh, no. I never saw his name. Those little toys that they're like, they're like a uh, Fisher-Price toy. They're little yeah. men. Yeah. Okay. Is that official name? Yeah. No. I remember that. Oh, no, I'm running out of toys in my brain. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. <laughs> oh, I think I should admit defeat. Okay. I, don't think I, I don't think I know any more toys. It was a fair battle. Good job. Do you, Morgan? Well, Battleship, which is a game, but also Counts the Pixar Ball. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, a toy, yes. but, but... Wait, I got another one. Too late. Oh, I was going to say the sheep that Bo Peep owned. Oh, oh yes, those are sheep. good, those are good. Okay, so, anyways, good job, guys. Uh, a fair draw. We It's kind of hard naming all the characters off the top of your head. Okay, so with all these toys, a lot of them are familiar, like, real-life toys, and then some of them are made-up toys at the time. You know, at the time, there wasn't a Woody doll, there wasn't a, a Buzz Lightyear, the Bo Peep. Those are kind of made-up toys, but there's also real ones, like Potato Head, the Troll Doll, Etch-A-Sketch, Tinker Toy. So, there's a ton of real-life toys out there. Actually, Barbie was supposed to be in the film. She was supposed to be... Woody's girlfriend, but Mattel said no, and so they invented the character of Bo Peep, and so obviously after the movie came out and Mattel saw how the sales of all those other real-life toys, like, skyrocketed, they were very anxious to have Barbie in Toy Story 2. Why would they put it in the first place, I have no idea! It's a movie about toys! That's what they do! I know, and it's not even like they're in a bad situation, (laughs) like, it's not like they did, like, you know, they portrayed Barbie in a negative light. Right. For example, the Combat Carl was supposed to be a G.I. Joe doll, but then when they found out the way it was being yeah, portrayed was. was going to be blown yeah, up, yeah. they changed. They were like, no, 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 you can't do that to G.I. Joe. Right. And so then they That's had... That's understandable. That one's okay, but Barbie... I mean, if you look at Barbie in, in 2 and 3, she's great. Yeah. She's hilarious. Oh, well. She was a great oh my gosh, that's funny. But okay, I- so we, we keep mentioning Combat Carl. Um, like... My my best friend Joey, um, we would like we've always been hanging. We've been like best friends since he, since we were three. He's got a little brother named Carl, and <laughs> we, we would, I would go over to his his house and like Carl would like walk by or we'd like see him in his room and we would both go, oh, it's a combat Carl. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm really I'm actually really glad that they put in uh, Bo Peep because one I really liked her. It fit with Woody, I believe. Because Barbie with anyone else besides Ken would just be weird. Mm-hmm, true. And so putting Bo in there, you know, she's got sheep and she's a sheep herder and he's a cowboy. It kind of mixes. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. good. But one of my favorite quotes is when she's like, goes up to him and she's like, So, um, why don't I get someone else to watch the sheep tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, okay, I have, 
I have a conundrum yeah. about Bo. So she's this porcelain figurine, right? And then she, because that's why oh, her. Oh, we know that she's. She is. That's what I, I read online that she's like this porcelain doll, like a oh, figurine, like kind of like the ones that like I have like Disney porcelain figurines that don't play with. Yeah. They stay on the shelf. <laughs> like they don't move. They don't have arms that move. And if you look at her skin. It's really glossy and has, like, a sheen to it compared to Woody, who's plastic. So they kind of tried to convey that. I always thought she was part of, like, the lamp. Because you see that one when they, when Annie comes in, she's standing there on the lamp pedestal that has, like, green grass. So I always thought she was, like, part of the fancy lamp collection. Hmm. So is she a porcelain doll that's sitting on the lamp? Or is she part of a lamp? Or is she just both? Well, actually, I never noticed that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that just to... Yeah, I never really considered her as a... I never really considered her as, like, a porcelain piece, you know? But she is. All right, all right, I trust you. Well, go back and watch, and now you're like, hmm, okay. And why, if that's the case, why would Andy be playing with her? Well, maybe he just grabbed her off of a home decoration because, you know, (laughs) when he needed a female character, you know, when he was playing. Yeah, true. Desperate. Boop, you just kind of filled that role. (laughs) If she's porcelain, what are, are the sheep? I think that I think they're porcelain too. I think it's like a set, but I don't know. Don't quote me on this. Interesting. All right. Maybe he just likes collecting collector <laughs> lamps. Okay. It always says because he shares a room with Molly, and so it's but like she's just her a, lamp. She's just a baby. I know, she's but just... even though you have babies, you decorate their rooms yeah. with things they don't need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Princess Drool. Princess Drool. It's just three oh, and up. It's man. on my box. Three <laughs> and up. <laughs> Don Rickles, man. He is an amazing man. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? <laughs> the hockey puck! <laughs> the hockey puck is like reused animation. It has the arms of oh, Mr. Potato Head oh, and man. the legs of like that buff guy, I think. So, because they had, they had like a really limited budget. Not limited, limited, but they had to cut corners when they could. So it's just funny right. that... They kind of like we already we already made some arms, didn't we? Okay, <laughs> stick them on that puck. <laughs> oh, that, that makes sense. Oh man, you mentioned the hockey puck. Now I'm thinking about that game we were playing. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> but really, every scene in this movie was just amazing. I completely agree. Like when I was watching this, I was like, "Man, this is a great scene," and then go to the next scene. Oh man, this is a great scene. I know. This is a great scene. I'm like, this is just a great all around movie. There's not any scene where I'm bored or I'm okay. Hurry, hurry, hurry! Come on. So yeah, seriously. Starts out, Andy's playing with his toys, mm-hmm. and that's just great. Like that kid has an amazing imagination. Oh, me too. <laughs> I, man, I wish I was that cool when I was what six, seven. Yeah. So. You're going to jail when I bark, say goodbye to your wife and tater tots. <laughs> what a clever kid. Seriously. He's too clever for us. I know. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes. I like the whole operation they pulled to get down to the birthday party. Yes. You know, that and then there's the drama good. with that one little minesweeper guy who got stepped on. <laughs> <laughs> Go on without me. And then and then we see that he's okay because the medic men are like, <laughs> pulling him into the plant. <laughs> a good soldier never leaves a man behind. Yeah, I like that one. I like all the funny stuff where they're like freaking out with all the packages that are coming in. And then Sleepy yeah. Dog's like, wait, there's a nice little one over there. And it turns and it's just like a long kid in giant package. And they're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then there's so much tension in that scene because the batteries come out of the walkie-talkie. He's like, plus it's positive, minus it's negative. <laughs> and I'm trying to put the batteries back in. 
Oh, like, all the dialogue in that film was just, it sounded so natural. Uh-huh. You know, the whole movie doesn't try, it's just, like, real chill with itself, you know? Yeah. And which is kind of absorbing, you know, all the toys are talking like real persons, you know? Uh-huh. It's not, like, super mystical about it, you know? I like when Sarge is announcing each one of the gifts that have come in, and he's like, and this, here's, here's one of the last ones. Oh, it's bed sheets. Oh, it's bed sheets. It's <laughs> <laughs> a potato bed. Who invited that kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got a lunchbox here. I love the music because I guess when they were starting Pixar, they made a list of five things that their movies are going to have. And one of them is like, no songs. The characters aren't going to stop and break out in song. Like another one was no love story. I can't remember the other ones. It's an article that just came out recently. But no songs was one of them. But they kind of did this in a different way. You know, what I like about this movie is that the songs don't stop the action. They kind of progress. It's not like... Mm -hmm. Oh, a big moment. Stop. Let's sing. (laughs) And then back. I think of the part in the song Strange Things. Mm -hmm. It helps you understand what Woody's thinking, and it progresses what's going on by telling the story. His room is changing. He's getting the Buzz Lightyear sheets. He's getting the Buzz Lightyear poster. But with that song, I really love the background singers in that. Have you ever noticed they're like these background singers? They're awesome. Yeah, they, they are that, so yeah. awesome. And just, I, whenever I hear the singing, I'm like, yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that about Pixar, that they don't, like, stop and sing, and you're like, wait, stop. There goes Buzz Lightyear with his laser like always. You know, stuff like, <laughs> nothing like that, you know. <laughs> There's no, oh, Woody love song by, Miss, by Bo Peep, you know. Yeah. What if it was a musical and Sid Phillips had, like, a villain song? <laughs> Poor unfortunate toys. <laughs> in pain. In need. This one's a pterodactyl and this one is a girl's doll. And do I combine them? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, next project. Your voice box. Oh, oh my gosh. A mashup of, yes. All Disney songs, too. <laughs> this Toy Story video. That's hilarious. <laughs> the characters in this movie were so amazing. I I can't get enough of how fantastically they just melded real life to these characters and just made them so real. What I like about the characters is that there's a ton of characters. Like, we just round yeah. off, like, a ton of people. But the characters don't take away, and it's not overpowering. I feel every character, every toy has its place. They have their role, and it's a community and a family. I like it a lot. It's what was the movie? Didn't weren't we talking about a movie recently where there's too many characters going on? Oh, Rockadoodle! Like there were all those background yeah, characters, and they weren't really fleshed out or defined. Yeah. Here's the barnyard gang. Here's a few over here and here and here. Every single one of these characters is super memorable, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just because we have two or three movies to develop them more. But even that, even I think, in the first one, you. You know them so well. I think also because they've already, we've already played with these toys. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay, so this is something really stupid that I never put two and two together before. The voice of Rex is by a guy named Wallace Shawn. He's he was in The Princess Bride. Um, he was also the boss in The Incredibles. 
And he's That's also right. in a goofy movie. He's the principal. Yes. Principal Mazer. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. He's the principal. Wait, how can I not waste my summer vacation? That guy. I never paid attention or noticed that he's the voice of Rex. And he totally is. So this yeah. last time I was watching it, I was like, oh, my gosh. It's him. Principal Mazer. It's him. <laughs> or how about science slumber parties? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be one listener out there who's like, I had science. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Okay, so another thing about voice actors is Billy Crystal, he was actually offered the role to be Buzz Lightyear, but he declined. And so after he saw the film, he said that decision was the biggest mistake of his career. Yep. (laughs) That's kind of embarrassing. Obviously, he did get accepted another role later on, Mm -hmm. which was... Mike and Monsters Incorporated, but still, like this Toy is Story was a whole lot bigger. But than he missed he missed out on Buzz Lightyear. You know? I know, I know. <laughs> That's harsh. Yeah, and so also Jim Carrey was supposed to go up for the role, but they couldn't afford him. He was too expensive for their budget. So sad. Now that would have been a little too kooky for me, you know. I, don't, yeah. I can't. I really can't see Jim Carrey like doing a good Buzz Lightyear. For Buzz Lightyear? Yeah. yeah. I'm not digging on that I one. I don't picture any of these guys as Buzz, but maybe it's just because it was a different version of Buzz than we know today. Yeah. I think, yeah, we just grew up with this Tim Allen, and <laughs> you know, it's like, this that's who he is. I know. So th- that's the tradition. So we're like, it's just right that Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> with Tim Allen, it, I think this is hilarious, but he was on a show called Home Improvement, and within Home Improvement, he was on a show called Tool Time. Or he was a... Yeah, we know. I was alive during that. I know, but some people might not know what we're talking about. (laughs) So, and the brand of tools that was on Tool Time was called Binford Tools. And actually, there's when Sid is doing surgery on one of the toys, he grabs this toolbox, and on the toolbox it says Binford Tools. Like, it's the actual Binford logo. So I thought that was an awesome throwback to Tim Allen (laughs) and Tool Time. You know what time it is? Tool Time! (laughs) That's right. Let's get him up to to Tim the Tool Man (laughs) Taylor. (laughs) What was her name? Heidi. Heidi, yeah. Thanks, Heidi. (laughs) I love how this episode has turned into the 90s hour. (laughs) Well, we're being Oops. taken back, like, with the previews and, like, all the toys yeah, and stuff. <laughs> the 90s off. I also like the moment when Buzz realizes that he's not a toy. That was one of the greatest mm. moments. I mean, oh, it was yeah. really so sad, because you feel it for him. Aww. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's pretty sentimental, because there's that one moment where he's watching the commercial for the Buzz toy. And it's showing the features That's of the right. toy, and then he they show a feature, and he looks at it on himself. They show a feature, he pushes the button, and it's just this dawning that, oh my gosh, they were right. I'm a toy. Then, I'm not a space ranger. And then the big, the last nail in the coffin is, not a flying toy. I no. know, I know. <laughs> and so he's like, he kind of has this moment of inspiration. No, I'm going to test this out. I am Buzz Lightyear. I am the real one. This, uh. They can't take me down. And so he gets essentially on the stair rail and sticks his arms out and dramatically flies and falls. And I will go sailing no more. It's really sad. Oh. It's so sad. Kelsey, you're going to make me cry. Because <laughs> oh. the, the camera pans up and his wings have sprawled out and they're just blinking. Uh, and he's missing an arm. Uh, he totally, like, he closes his eyes as if he were to die and then he opens his eyes again. 
And he's just the... Because you know, he's the, a dead toy. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, I know. What a big, like, fall from grace moment in the film. Because it's like, we know all along, it's like, why doesn't he come to reality? But at the same time, it's like, it's Buzz Lightyear, you know? He thinks he's a space ranger. Now what does he think? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Years of academy training wasted. <laughs> The script really is amazing. Like what we said, from the friendly even banter, even to the plot points all along the way, it is relatable to all ages. It gets you. Pixar, they have ways of just making you feel really, really in with these characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it about Pixar? Pixar humor is something apart. Well, it's it's not just the humor, but the whole Pixar movie experience. It's just, it stands so far apart from all the other studios out there. And I don't know, it's hard for me to put it into words, but Pixar humor is just, it's a little edgy sometimes, but that's what makes it fun for all all ages, you know? Parents love these films, too. Super witty and good-natured. But yeah, it's hard to put put into words, like, how Pixar stands apart, but it's just different. I think one main reason is, like, what Morgan was talking about, that list of things that they were never going to do. Every movie that has ever come out, there's always a love interest, you know, a love story. It always ends with that is the main focus of the story, it seems. But Pixar, they haven't done that. You think of Finding Nemo, all these, just every movie that they've done has nothing to do with that. It's normal relationships that don't have the uh, surreal feeling of falling in love, but it is the day-to-day life of, man, what did you do that for? You're my friend, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's cool. They do a great job. One thing I absolutely love about this movie is Pizza Planet! Yeah! (laughs) Oh, man, Pizza Planet. I wish that was a real place. I know at Disney World... Me too! There is a Pizza Planet at Disney World. Really? But not at Disneyland, and it really bothers me, because at Disneyland, in Tomorrowland... (laughs) The futuristic hub of Disneyland. <laughs> they don't have a pizza planet. They have something called Red Rockets. And I, I personally have a big problem with that name. But, yeah, that I mean, like futuristic Red Robin. And believe yeah. me, not <laughs> eat Red Robin burgers in our future. Oh my gosh. Well, the thing is, because originally there was this other guy who owned like this pizza shop in the Midwest called Pizza Planet. So there was this big like lawsuit. But when Pixar came out, they copyrighted the phrase Pizza Planet and the term. And so even though this guy had had his pizza shop since the 70s, Disney and all their manpower won. Oh, my god! And so, but even then, you own the name. Why haven't you changed it? You know how cool, like, even though I'm 25, <laughs> I would love to walk in there and have those robotic guards say, Welcome to Pizza Planet. I know. You are permitted to enter. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You are clear to enter. <laughs> Hurry. That's so true. Mom, can I play Black Hole? Please, please, please. <laughs> I like how he's, like, explaining it to his mom. And he's like, this and this and this. And then the universe explodes, you know. And his mom's just like, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's how my mom was at Mr. Daddy's Pizza. She'd be like, all right, here's 20 tokens. Just knock yourself out. <laughs> just go. I've been eating crappy pizza and watching horrible cartoons for the past hour. <laughs> While we're talking about Pizza Planet, I absolutely love the Pizza Planet truck driver. The Pizza Planet truck is classic. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> yeah. Yo. They put that so they didn't have to tell Toyota. <laughs> well, no, actually, there was, yeah, you think it's a Toyota truck, right? Uh-huh. But then in the, in the second movie, they're talking, it's like a 1983 Gyoza or something. And so that's a way to kind of work around potential lawsuits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, jeez. Huh. That's funny. 
Um, hey, seriously, now he's getting this kind of fuel mileage. <laughs> <laughs> so that there's this random pizza guy when they're at the Dynaco gas station. I just love his lines. If you listen to the background, he's like, hey, gas dude. And the gas guy's like, you talking to me? Like, yeah, yeah, can you help me? And he's like, I, you know how to get to something Boulevard? And then, you know, and then there's dialogue between Woody and Buzz, and he's like, come on, man, hurry up. Like, the pizzas are getting cold here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the boulevard that he mentions is actually the real-life boulevard where Pixar Studios was located back then. Oh, that's awesome. That's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of little inside Pixar inside jokes there's woven into the movie. Of those. Okay, tangent from Pizza Planet really quick. Do you know the main things that are in every single Pixar film? All right, let me try one. Is the the Pixar ball, is it in every Pixar film? Yes. So that ball that has, it's yellow, it has a star on it. Yeah, it has a red star. Oh, here's another one. It always has that one guy's voice, that's mm-hmm. voice actor. He was the tow truck in Cars. He was one of the space station yeah, officers he, in Wally. He was a construction worker in Up. Yep. And he's ham in this movie. Jeffrey Watsonberg is his name. Hey. I know him next. Cheers. <laughs> he's on that show. He's on yeah. uh, Eight Simple Rules for da- Dating My Teenage Daughter. Yep. They're like he's the super conservative. He is rules. considered their lucky charm. Uh-huh. So they've kept him in, in every film. How did, they, like, how did hey. they decide that he was their lucky charm? I don't know, just because they just happened to hire him. He was in A Bug's Life just coincidentally, and then obviously Toy Story 3 came next. And then by that point, all of their movies have been blockbusters, and so they kind of decided, okay. <laughs> you're the only you're the only, <laughs> you're the only reason why these things are good. <laughs> hey, they're just using the same guy in all these shows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Pixar ball, um, the lamp, Pixar ball, the lamp's that not guy. in all of them, but it's in some. You said Jeffrey Katzenberg. The Pizza Planet truck is in all of them except for one. Oh, and, uh, the, it's instead of the Incredibles, right? Yes, it's not in the Incredibles. I don't know the why. Think, time period then? No, because it's it's going to be in Brave. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. How? I, I they said it's in the Witch's Hut or something. Oh, jeez. I don't know how, but. Anyways, I think, honestly, they forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but, whatever. Wait a second. How is it going to be in Brave? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be in... I read that? it. I followed up. I will send you the link. I think it's probably going to be, like, in Aladdin, how you see the beast in the little thing of toys as he's... Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the Sultan is toys. doing all of the, his, like, the power. <laughs> and you just see a little beast silhouette <laughs> in there. That would awesome. be like that. Yeah. Random. <laughs> and the last one... Huh. You probably have no idea. The last one is the number A113, which is the license plate of Andy's mom. And that thing, uh that is the classroom at CalArts that all of these Pixar guys went (laughs) to. (laughs) There was also another classroom called A111, and that's her front license plate, but that's not in all of them. The A113 is in every one of the films in some way, shape, or form. That's funny. Oh, shoot. So, those are the things yeah, what's to look it, what's for. What's it on the front of the train in the, the playtime sequence in Toy Story 3? The very first one? Oh. First scene? Mm, I don't know. Toy Story 3? Huh? No, no, no. On the side of the train in Toy Story 3, there's the number 95. Oh, okay. That, they they, they yeah. kind of throw that in there because that was the year that Toy Story came out. And so yeah. that's Lightning Queen's number that's on the side of the train. And- Seriously, <laughs> Pizza Planet is, like, so beautiful. All these arcade games... Junk food. It's like every kid's dream, you know. You see Sid, and of course he abuses it, you know. Uh, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> he got a brain in there. <laughs> and he just throws a thing at the, <laughs> throws a mallet at the game. I love there's I this should... random back, background guy who's talking. He's like, 
he's the classic intercom advertisement uh-huh. that like periodically plays. Is like re-energize yourself with a slice of pepperoni. Now boarding at counter three. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's true. And they got some cool stuff at Pizza Planet. First of all, Wacka Alien is pretty gruesome. It's like aliens <laughs> are coming out of this dead asteroid. I know, right? <laughs> Scott style. And, uh, and then there's like the alien juice dispensers. You know, the, the soda dispensers and those like aliens that like open their mouth and like slime comes out. <laughs> So cool. Okay, I love the little squeaky aliens. When I was watching this time, they're kind of cultish <laughs> yeah, in a are. way. You know, when, when Buzz gets picked up by the claw, they're like, no, he has been chosen. He must go. And then they're like all grabbing onto Woody's foot <laughs> as he's leading out. And Woody says, stop it. Stop it, you zealots. <laughs> Yeah, he does. That throws along perfectly with my theory that they are a cult and the claws their leader. (laughs) And they stay true to the claw to like the last moment of Toy Story Three. And then you got Dynaco throughout the Pixar universe. Mm-hmm. All right, so like we established, Toy Story is character-driven, and there's a bunch of great characters. I want to talk about one character in particular. I always thought he was, like, super cool, even though he's, like, so bad. And that, my friends, is none other than Sid Phillips. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sid Phillips. Like, oh, my gosh, he's, a, he's an amazing kid. Like, when I was watching this movie, like, you know, I don't think he's all that awful, you know? Kind of a cool kid. Like, he can skate well. <laughs> you see, did you see him ollie onto that curve when he goes... <laughs> I can I could never do that. And he won two for two prizes at the claw game. Double prizes. Seriously, like not just double prizes. Like each time he goes, he's just like he's a winner every time. (laughs) Yeah, and he makes his own custom toys. You know. (laughs) Yes. Is he a crazed genius or I don't know? No one's ever tried a double bypass brain transplant before. (laughs) Now for the tricky part: pliers. I don't believe that man has ever been to medical school. <laughs> oh, oh, Hannah! Jamie's all better now. <laughs> Jay's lying. Whatever she says is not true. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such a brother remark. Oh, my brother's yeah. definitely said that before. Oh, for sure. Well, to me, Sid Phillips is like a kind of a genius, actually. He does have bad hygiene, though. Ooh, oh, his gosh. teeth are not cute. <laughs> No, he has braces. Can't help it. You know how, like, the genius kids are the ones who always are really bad in school? Like, they're not being challenged. They have to find another outlet. I think his other outlets are destroying things and misbehaving. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, what does he do? He tortures toys just for fun. (laughs) Here's the deal with, like, when I was a kid, I was such an Andy kid. When I was young, I was so not a Sid. I was watching Sid's behavior in this film. I couldn't help but think, like, what? He sleeps in his blue jeans? <laughs> Why isn't he in his PJs, you know? And he gets away with a lot of things that are, I was like, oh, he is bad. You know, like, <laughs> blowing up toys with your fireworks. And, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I never ate Pop-Tarts for breakfast. There was, like, a ban on them in my house. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the whole Pop-Tarts things, I was like, ooh, appalling. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he cheats on arcade games. That's just rotten right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't identify with Sid, but he still did a lot of cool things that deep down in my evil kid side I wanted to do. You know, I was like, I wanted to get away with it, but, you know, I was an Andy, not a Sid. For some reason, I always felt this kinship with Hannah. <laughs> I think because I'm the youngest of six kids with three older brothers, and each one of them, it seems, at some point in time in my life, took the form of Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah! Hey, Hannah! 
I was always the good little girl that's off in the corner playing with my own little toys, <laughs> playing with my dolls, and every once in a while, you know, you always have this opposition with the big older brother. What are you doing with my stuff? Get out of here! You always had to be on your guard. <laughs> yeah, I'm the oldest child, and I grew up with sisters, so I don't know how that feels, but yeah. So you were the so, sin to them? No, I played nice with my toys. Yeah. Okay, fine. Sure, there were some epic battles. You know, they're all like actors like Mr. Pricklepants in Toy Story 3. You know, they're classically trained. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, now, check this out. We were talking about Sid. Like, is he a villain? I think in the whole Pixar universe, he later becomes a villain. Check this out. If you go on wikipedia.com, nice. which is an online database reserved exclusively for Disney villains, he does reappear in the Monsters Incorporated comic books. And, um, yeah, check this out. His uh, evil deeds include, uh, well, he helps Randall and Mr. Waternoose escape from Monster Prison. (laughs) He teams up with them. He kidnaps Mike Sully and Boo, and they find out later that he's using the closet door network at Monsters Incorporated to steal children's toys, because you remember his experience at the end of Toy Story... You know, yes. and so he said his his motive for doing that was to save children from having the same horrific experience that he had. Yeah, because you see him in, in Toy Story three, and he's the garbage truck man, and he's pretty satisfied yes. with his life. Yeah, you, know? you don't, you don't realize that. he's wearing the skull shirt again. His oh, high wow. jeans. He wears the same shirt for twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like goob on Meet the Robinsons. He never changed out of his clothes. That's funny. Yeah, so that's the whole deal. He, he comes back in the Monsters Incorporated comic books. I'd kind of like to, I don't know. I guess I'd check this out. I don't know. Can you think of other Pixar worlds that you could see Sid invading? I could see him as like a little minor delinquent villain in like The Incredibles or something. <laughs> Not necessarily stealing toys, but I like... I could see know. him at the dentist in yeah, Finding was, Nemo. That would be that so funny because he has braces. Uh-huh. It would be so funny if someone was getting their braces off in Finding Nemo and he, it was him. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> But here's the deal. What was he doing in Australia? Yeah, that's the only problem. Well, we don't technically know what country Toy Story's in, right? It's true. Maybe it's how we moved. No biggie. All right, all right. So I have another conundrum, guys. Been thinking long and hard about this. So, Buzz, he doesn't realize he's a toy. So are all toys, quote-unquote, born with this Buzz syndrome? Meaning they don't realize that they're a toy and they have to learn and grow and accept that they are a toy. Or do they realize that they are a toy from the get-go and Buzz was just a lunatic? (laughs) Because if that were the case, you think that the Toy Story Andy's toy gang would have gone through this before. Every new toy that comes in hasn't been indoctrinated. We have to clear that out, teach them our ways, help them understand. Well... You know, I'm thinking back to Toy Story 2. I think it's just all the Buzz Lightyears have this Buzz syndrome. Maybe it's just something in their wiring. You know, because all yeah, of the other ones, tr- they don't have as many gadgets and gizmos aplenty in there. So so I, it's miswiring in buzzes. I, but what about the other toys? Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't have any wires. So they're just born. And they're just, what is this? Oh, okay, cool. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Because the little squeaky toys, the, the aliens from Pizza Planet... They're off their rockers with their whole mentality about the claw. So maybe they, well, I don't know. Were the squeaky toys born with this, like, buzz syndrome? Or had they just been staying in the crane gang so long that they developed this, they evolved into this culture of you know, I think the cult of the claw? I think it's they just evolved. Maybe it's an intergalactic thing. Yeah. Space story Yeah, because, thing. yeah, because you look on Toy Story 2 and it appears that Emperor Zerg has the same mentality about Buzz Lightyear. He has the same, like, I am actual, actually Emperor Zerg, I must destroy Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, that's totally true. 
here's my stance on the whole issue. If you watch the other toys' reactions, I don't think it's very clear that this Buzz syndrome is normal, that they actually think they are the character that they are a toy of. Because Woody acts like he's never seen it before. He's so frustrated and exasperated that Buzz really thinks he's the Buzz Lightyear, you know? Yeah. But all the other toys are just like, oh, yeah, it's just Buzz Lightyear. They kind of take it all in stride. Like, some of them think it's, like, really weird because he's, like, currently stationed in the Gamma Quadrant down Sector 12, you know? (laughs) He's like... Sworn enemy, the Galactic Alliance. <laughs> like, oh, really? I'm from play school. I'm from Mattel, actually. You know. Yeah, maybe those toys, because they're more kids' toys. They're younger, and their mentality is kind of less. To them, maybe it just kind of like... It go, yeah, they're, they're a lot more naive. It just kind of goes over their head. While Woody is very sensitive and a lot more sophisticated. So to him, it's a big deal. Because, you know, there's that one part where Buzz is fixing his thing. And he's like, I need more intergalactic bondage strip. Buzz Lightyear needs more tape. <laughs> like, they kind of just do the translation. Okay, he's talking this other language, but we get it. And, all right, whatever. We'll just roll with it. <laughs> yeah. <You're> cool. <laughs> he's the cool guy in town. Oh, I want to be his friend. <laughs> I found my movie buddy. <laughs> <I found> my <laughs> he's... he's- He's got more gadgets on him than a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> so I think that some toys are born with it, others others aren't. No, with I the, don't. Maybe it was just the Space Ranger toy line, Emperor Zerg and Buzz Lightyear. Remember when Buzz and Woody are at the Dynaco, and Buzz is trying to say, well, you ruined, um, you ruined my rendezvous with Star Command, because I am the only one who has this information about Zerg's secret weapon. I'm thinking, what's this information? <laughs> Like, why doesn't he write this down? Does he really, does he remember this? Is that also in this programming, to know this secret weapon? I think so. Like, that's awesome. And the better question is, what is the secret weapon? Yeah, and why didn't he use it in number two? Exactly. Well, all we know is that it's poised at the edge of the galaxy with enough destructive power to annihilate an entire planet! <laughs> so it's kind of like a Death Star-ish. Ah, <laughs> uh, Star Wars. <laughs> In that case, we already know the weakness. A small exhaust port, only two meters across. Two meters across? That's impossible. It's not impossible. Me and Biggs used to zap Womper ass on our T-16s back home. All right, that's just super nerdish. Okay. Okay, so my last question is about batteries for toys. So the very end scene, they're on RC, and RC runs out of batteries, and he's, like, dying, and so he stops working. So my question is, do... These toys in the Toy Story universe, do they need power sources or batteries to exist? So if the batteries die, they essentially turn off and die? Or can they live without their batteries and move around? I I don't think they die, but they definitely, like RC, he goes down. Yeah. I'm trying to think if, like, anyone else... I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Like, he died and he couldn't work anymore. But, like, like, at the same time, like, none of the other ones have batteries like Woody... He doesn't have a power source, but he just, when time comes, he stands up and walks around. I don't know. Kind of a stupid question, but... Well, let's see. In Toy Story 3, they mess with Buzz's electrical components, and they switch him to, to demo mode and then Spanish mode. True. And so there is a connection, I think. All right, so last little bit. I have... We've kind of done a little bit of trivia, but do you guys know what Woody's last name is? Guthrie. <laughs> no. No, I oh. don't. I don't know this. I didn't even know he had a last name. Apparently, his name is Woody Pride. Pride. Yeah. Pride. Where'd you get that? I got it off. Can you cite your sources? Pixar Wikia. So Pixar dot dot com. Look under oh, Woody. Did I mean? Are you sure that this isn't just some geek in this basement deciding to give him a name? I trust 
PixarWikia.com. <laughs> okay. Well, the nerds are normally right. So. <laughs> I would trust so, them too. Do you know Sid's last name? I think we know this, but. Phillips. Phillips. Uh huh. Yep. What's cool. Andy's last name? Davis. Okay, here's one. What was one of the early working titles for the film? And I'll give you a hint. It's one of Woody's lines in Toy Story. I know it. I can't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> you are a toy! Yep. There we go. I love it. You are a child plaything. <laughs> you are a sad, strange little baby. <laughs> yep. Very well. And he gives him the what is it? I don't know what race in Star the Trek Vulcan. does that thing with the two. Yeah, the Vulcan sign of yeah, fellowship. I that's so awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember the part where where Woody is looking out from Sid's bedroom into Andy's bedroom. You have Potato Head and the pig. They're playing Battleship, and they look over, and he's like, Hey, guys! Hey, guys! And he looks over, and he says, Son of a building block! It's Woody! (laughs) There are so many lines in here that I had no idea existed for so long. And as I'm watching them today, I'm like, That is funny! I I never got that. Like, there's one part where Buzz is looking at... He's looking at the two dolls without heads. Yeah. He's like, while I'm sitting here having tea with Marie Antoinette and her sister. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> or something like this movie One is man, so you're defending the whole galaxy. <gasps> oh. Suddenly, you find yourself sucking down Darjeeling with Marie Antoinette and her sister. And they just wave. Hi! <laughs> isn't, one of them, isn't one of them, like, missing a head? Yeah. Both yeah. of them are. <laughs> that's why it's Marie Antoinette. She was beheaded. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, that's right. Okay. Nice. Okay, every part of this movie is great. So, if you were going to rate it, what would you rate it? Straight five stars for me. I'd have to say five stars as well. There's no doubt in my mind that this is one of Pixar's greatest movies. It has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, along with the second one, and the third Holy one cow. only has 99. Really? I don't know. There might be, like, one jaded critic that was like, yeah. why three? Why three? Whatever. This is one of my top ten favorite movies of all time, animated or not. Yeah. It's just a great movie all around. They use the medium well. It stands the test of time. The characters are great. The story's great. It is a near-perfect movie in my mind. Five stars. Yeah, I give it five stars also. Seriously, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's I think it's one of the, the coolest animated films out there because, you know, it was, the, it was the, the big one, the first one, and it stood the test of time, and, man, I just love this film. So, yeah, five stars. I, don't, I couldn't see myself giving it any less than, than five. Okay, perfect. So that's the end of that chapter. Okay, so thank you for joining us on our episode of The Rotoscopers. You can find us all over the web. We're all over the place. You can go to our website, therotoscopers.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can subscribe to our podcast there. You can go to the website and directly download the podcast. Also, we have a Twitter and Facebook and also a Tumblr. And what we do with the Tumblr is every week for the movie that we're doing, I post the concept art for that film. There's just tons and tons of concept art from the past films that we've done. So next movie, you'll be able to figure out what we're doing before we even announce it because that artwork will start showing. So follow us on Tumblr. We're therotoscopers.tumblr.com. Also, any emails or questions or comments, whatever, just send us an email at therotoscopers at gmail.com. Well, then that's all. I mean, we've pretty much said it all in our Toy Story discussion, which is fabulous. So until then, we're the Rotoscopers. 
Yeah, but I'm so sorry. I was going to mute my microphone and I hung up instead. Recording in section. No flushing yeah, allowed. About Zeke's secret weapon. The... Zerg's. Oh. Uh, oh, sorry, Bert. Uh. I don't know. Yeah, you know. Don't let go take that. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was, I, ha- I was like a shareholder of the Lego table in my in my school. Okay, you got the stupid cricket going. What is that cricket doing? Jiminy, get out of here! It, um, cricket is going. Ah, that freaking thing! You can leave. Oh. <laughs> I'll go manage the cricket. Go stand guard at the cricket. He's looking over from Sid's house into Andy's room. Go get the cricket. Go stand by the cricket. Wait, are you also killing the cricket? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. There's oh. two. There's two now? <laughs> the crickets. They were sent by a disgruntled animator to disrupt our podcast. <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is the Rotoscopers podcast Sorry. episode 5. Yeah. We have people talking in the background. I feel like one of those, like... <laughs> Really nerdy people. Oi, they first it's the crickets, <laughs> then it's the people. Hey, mom! Then it's the toilet. Can you be quiet? <laughs> no, it's like the little kid in the other room trying to be all sophisticated. And, mom, be quiet! 